0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Arbitrary Conversation. Now, this week has been a really busy week, so I'm going to take the little bit of time I have to record a podcast to go ahead and record a random episode. Now, today I'm going to just branch off what I spoke about in my last podcast, which was Dogecoin. Now, I decided to go ahead and look at some historical data for Dogecoin, and it's actually kind of interesting. I've noticed the last couple of days that the market cap has been decreasing, as well as the volume. So, to give you an idea, when you look back at April 1st, the volume was at around $5.8 billion, which is a lot. And the market cap was 7.9. Now, you look at the volume today, April 21st, the volume is $12 million, and the market cap is $39 billion. Now, it peaked on April 16th, Because the volume was at 69 billion, the market cap was at 47 billion dollars. Now, after the 16th, the market cap and the volume decreased. Now, like I said, April 16th, the volume was 69 billion, then, 17th, it was cut in half, it went to 31 billion, and 18th, it went to 23 billion and 19th, it peaked a little bit at 30, and April 20th, 28. Now you look at April 21st, the volume is at 12 billion. Now, why did the volume decrease in half? I don't know. I really don't know too much about reading volume and market caps in terms of what causes a volume to dramatically decrease. Now, my guess is that people A lot of people probably jump ship. They're like, hey, this is a huge gamble. I don't want to be caught holding the bag, so let me go leave. Well, luckily, the valuation of Bitcoin has increased. So the market cap went down just a little bit. It went from $41 billion on April 20th to around $39 billion. Now, As I'm recording this right now, April 21st, the volume is at 12 million, which I don't think is quite accurate because the day is totally not over yet because I am recording this. It is about almost close of business, so it's around four o'clock, so... I don't know if that kind of constitutes for it or if just people are just buying less Deutsch Coin because they're not speculating the price to actually increase. So taking that debt into account, should you continue to hold Deutsche Coin, or should you just go ahead and sell? Well, that all depends on your personal financial situation. If you did what I told you to do in my last video and threw money into Dogecoin that you don't need, it doesn't really matter. If it makes money, great. If it doesn't, whatever. It's money you would have spent on something else, whether it was going out with your friends or who knows if you were just bought something superfluous on Amazon or online. That's the wonderful thing about using money you don't need. Yes, it sucks if you lose it, But it's not life-changing. Now, if you're using money that's life-changing, then yeah, you're going to be on edge. You're going to want to make sure you don't lose any money. So the best bet is to pull out while you're still showing a profit. Now, the reason why I talk about Deutsche Coin right now is because you still probably have a lot of people that are are believe that's going to go up. And it could go up. But like I said in my previous podcast, don't use money that you need because if it doesn't go up and let's say you bought at 30 cents a coin and it goes down the 15 cents a coin or it goes down to, who knows, like 10 cents a coin, yeah, you're caught holding the bag at a loss, but it doesn't matter opposed to you're like, oh geez, I use my rent money, I use my mortgage money or I used money that I could have used to pay off the car. Now, I know there's, there's that feeling you get that a lot of gamblers have to where you're like, well, I could potentially 2x my money or 3X my, man, 3x my money, depending on when I got into this particular venture, but it's the rush you get knowing that I could lose it all or I could make a huge return. And that's great if you're using money you don't need, but if you're using money you need and you also have a family you have to take care of, that's the worst situation. That's the worst combination. You do not want to get caught up in that because you're not only affecting yourself, but you're also affecting the people that rely on you. So... That's uh, what I was thinking about and decided to talk about um, in this podcast. I was also thinking about other things, too. So the other day I was watching YouTube and watching some review videos on the new IMAX that are coming out. The new IMAX that are coming out are very, very, very different compared to the IMAX I grew up. Now, the iMacs I grew up with were the old G chips. Now, I remember my first iMac was a G3 processor. Some of you listening to this may know what I'm talking about. It was a G3 processor. It was dark green, and it had a CD-ROM drive. Now, it had the CD-ROM drive. Where you had to push a button for the CD drive to push out. It wasn't the newer model where all you had to do is take the CD and push it in there. That's the model I would prefer. But yes, my first iMac that I actually used, I and mean, it really wasn't the first one. I remember when I was young, my very first Apple computer, and I don't know if they called it an iMac back then, they probably did, was beige. It was very square and beige, and it had two hard, uh, two disket drives. It had two three-and-a-half hard drives not hard drives but hard disk drives now if you grew up in the 90s and most people knew what these hard disk drives were you need them for computer class to save your word document or if you wanted to print out your homework or report you go ahead and you type something on your computer you save it on this hard disk And then you would go to a library, You go back to school, go to computer lab, and you print it out if you didn't have a printer at home. So that was my first Apple computer. Now, as I recall using it, I had a basic Word program. I hardly had any games. But back then, there wasn't a plethora of of, um, applications you can install on your iMac. Oh, yeah, and it was in black and white too, which was interesting. Now, As I got older, I got a newer iMac, and that one I did use. It was fun. Um, The games you played was StarCraft, now the original StarCraft, and the expansion, which I forgot what it was called, but that was pretty fun. I also played a couple, games and what's beautiful about it too is that you were able to run the games off the cd back then now there you had to install some things but ultimately you needed the cd to play unlike now to where you purchase it on steam and you could just play it right from steam you don't need the physical disc or anything and also also i remember using it and Back then, you couldn't use Microsoft Office on an iMac. You had to use Apple Works, which is funny because I used to enjoy using Apple Works. It was pretty much like Apple's version of Microsoft Office, which they discontinued a long, long time ago. And I remember when Microsoft first became compatible for the iOS. That was, that was a game changer there. You could actually do a lot of stuff. And I actually really liked the graphic user interface back then for the Microsoft Office. On the iOS, let's see. My first iOS that I actually really used was iOS 8.6. And then I upgraded to iOS 9. And I believe it was 9.1 or 9.2 after that. And then Mac OS X10. That's when the GUI was like, it was totally different. It was totally different compared to iOS 8 and iOS 9. They had a total revamp and it was really fun. Now back then, um, let's see. Back then when I was younger, what I really wanted to get was actually, I got to look this up. It was, hmm, it was the old G5 Tower. There was a, um, Mac actually had a really powerful desktop. And it had this G5 processor that it was pretty incredible back in the day. And it was, yeah. But the thing, biggest thing about it is there wasn't a whole lot of software support back in the day. So compared to Windows, there were a handful of programs you could run off the iOS platform and you could run them pretty well. But when it came to like other programs, you really didn't have the option to run on it. But it was an amazing machine in terms of the aesthetics and I don't recall The iOS really having a whole lot of issues back in the day from my personal experience But yeah going back to the re-release of the IMAX They are very different compared to what I grew up using now I haven't used the M1 chips, so I can't really tell you in terms of the overall performance However, I am maybe considering, and I haven't bought an Apple in so long, maybe waiting for the release of the M1X processors and maybe giving those a try. Now, if I were to pick up an M1X, then I'm going to have to get used to the Apple ecosystem, which is going to be totally new for me because I've been totally out of the mac ecosystem for quite some time now so i don't know how that's going to go but i'm pretty sure it's not going to be too complicated now bear in mind it's not going to be my daily driver it's just going to be something to pick up and play around with because it's been quite some time since i actually messed around with the mac os interface i mean i wouldn't really wouldn't wouldn't count i guess um I had, what did I have? I think a couple years ago, probably what, 10 years ago I picked up a, um, was it, What was it called? Let me think. It wasn't the iPad. Um, it was a smaller version. It was the alternative to the iPhone, but you couldn't, I'm going to have to look it up. What was it called? Hmm, let's Google it real quick. Now, hmm, it's going to come to me. Um, Apple Music Player. What was it called? iPod. Now, it was the iPod Touch. There you go. So the iPod Touch, I think I had about 10 years ago but that that's i think the last ios interface i kind of like used back in the day so if i were to pick up the new macbook pro m1x i believe i'm going to i don't know what they're on right now i don't know what the latest operating system they're on right now let me just google it real quick So they're on 14, so I'm gonna go from using, let's see, no, the latest version of Mac OS, no, that's the iPad OS is on 14, that's the latest iOS. The latest version of Mac OS is 11.23. So I don't think there's gonna be too much of a change because the last Mac OS operating system I used was 10. So, Who knows? I may have a great time using it. I know now, in terms of using Windows programs, there's a lot of programs that you can use on the Mac OS to which you could run those. So that would be really kind of cool to use. But yeah, who knows? I might pick one up. But that pretty much... Oh yes, and also the Apple trackers. The Apple trackers seem really cool, actually, in terms of... The pricing, the pricing, it's not too expensive. And also it seems really easy to kind of use. And the fact that if you don't have an Apple computer and let's say you run across an Apple tracker, then you can actually use the NFC option and you can actually notify the owner of the Apple tracker if you're on an Android that, hey, you know, whatever you lost is right here. Or, you know, and what's cool, too, is that if you're on an Android and you run across an Apple tracker, then when you use the NFC feature on your Android, then it loads up, I guess, an Apple website or something that provides the owner's details. So it allows you to contact the owner of the Apple tracker and actually speak with the person if they provided that information. Now, if they didn't, I don't know. It might. Oh, yeah. It notifies them on their end. That, hey, you know, your Apple tracker has been found and it, I don't know if it gives coordinates or anything, but that's pretty kind of interesting as well. But yeah, the release of some of the Apple products, cool. The iMac mm, I don't really like the style of it too much. Um, the stiletto look, I understand why they did it. Because I could see it matching a lot of the uh, decor, especially for a lot of these modern homes that um, some people may be into. Especially with all the new construction going on now. It kind of matches that particular theme. But overall, I'm actually looking forward to the M1X release. And I kind of want to see, looking forward to the benchmarks. I'm curious to see what the new MacBook Pro is going to look like and whether or not I might actually find myself investing in an M1X. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to doing another one. Thank you.